0: No matter where you live, you've probably seen signs around your town advertising, we buy houses, cash. But have you ever wondered, are the folks behind that kind of offer a legitimate group, or is it a bunch of scam artists? Hello, I'm Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises, and in this episode of Behind the Headlines, our host Terry Barr is talking with Holly Kazelski an editor with the Martinsville Bulletin in Martinsville, Virginia. Holly found herself asking those same questions, and she decided to use her own home to learn more about those involved with We Buy Houses Cash. She wrote about her investigation as a topic of her column, making sure to lay out the steps she took to uncover the truth, offer a warning for consumers, and include a few other surprises she discovered along the way. To say the response from readers to her column was overwhelming would be an understatement. Here's Terry Barr with Holly Kazelski.
1: Well, thank you, Chris, and uh, this behind the headlines episode. it really starts with a question. Is the idea of the we buy houses for cash? Well, is that a trustworthy group? And if not, what do consumers need to know? Okay, Holly is here with me. Holly, you really did. You, you dove into this whole idea, but what pushed you to start the investigation into We Buy Houses for Cash in the first place?
2: I was writing about the concept in general. It's not a specific group. I did call it, I wrote a column about my experience and I called them something loosely like the We Buy Houses Cash People. So I'm not aware if that's a particular company name, but it is a phrase that you see on signs all across the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a a 10 years real estate experience as a real estate agent, and I've owned rental properties for 25 years. Ah. I have been in newspaper for 17 years, and I've always heard of the We Buy Cash. I've always seen those signs. But my assumption, based on my considerable experience, was that was probably just a loss. Um, You know, if you're going to sell a house quickly and the cash is dangling in front of you, then you're probably going to earn less than if you sold it through the standard way on the open market for quite some time until you got the full price. And a difference between cash versus um, what you might call standard selling a house is... If you sell a house through a real estate agent, you could sell it cash. You could sell it with financing, but if a buyer has financing, it could take um, probably six weeks to two months for their loan to come through. Mm -hmm. And the lender might be particular on things you have to fix on the house. Whereas if a buyer comes along and says they have cash, you don't have hurdles to jump through and you're not waiting on a buyer's loan. It's a pretty good peace of mind. So, So That kind of sets up what that concept is.
1: You decided to do this, though, using one of your own homes as sort of a prop in all of this. How did that go?
2: Well, I didn't really decide to do it. I was just real cranky one day and I had a hissy fit. (laughs) I went to my my rental house to check on something. And I was just appalled and disgusted by the condition it was in. And I was fed up with the renters and just to kind of blow off a little steam and make myself feel good in the moment, looked up this fellow I had seen on Facebook who always says, I buy houses cash. (laughs) And I didn't mean, I didn't really mean I was going to sell it, but you know, I thought right then and there, if he pays high enough, I'll sell it to him. Wow! You know, it's just a little temper tantrum, but when I called him. That set off a chain of events that made me very, very suspicious, and then I got quite interested in investigating it, and I guess maybe from the double aspects I have of being experienced with real estate and being experienced with how you look into things for for newspaper articles, I had the bone, I was after it, I was quite interested.
1: I want to ask you too, just so we can get this out early in our conversation. You approach this um, as writing it like a column rather than a news story. Why did you choose to go toward the column? What what does that do instead of trying to present it as a uh, news story?
2: Oh, that's an interesting question. Actually, when I started investigating, I wasn't even thinking of writing about it for the newspaper. I was just investigating for the sake of investigating, which People might be surprised to hear we do that a whole lot. We're always looking into things and they don't always pan out into articles, but we still have to be on top of what's going on in our community. So, for all, you know, maybe out of all these interesting and in depth investigations that we do, a quarter of them might result in an article. So, I was just on the topic. Um, actually, my first thought was to turn the guy in for what I perceived as a violation of um, the state real estate laws. And As I got involved with it, I decided to write about it. And a column would be a better vehicle for this. I do write a weekly column for the newspaper, as well as occasional news articles. Uh, As the editor, I don't write as many articles. When we write a newspaper article, we have to stick to the verifiable facts. Um, We have to have, if a source is gonna talk to us, they, you know, we have to get their name, they have to speak on record. A lot of times we will hear, we learn a lot, but if we can't use their names, we can't really put it in in the newspaper because we have to have the verifiable, the technical, and the exact information as fairness to all involved and as sound investigative procedures, research procedures. And if this were to go to court, You know, I was aware of a whole lot of trouble. And when you get down to things, court just kind of narrows it down and and it might not show the full ramifications of what's going on. And it could take months, it could take a year. And my point was, I was really incensed that somebody was misrepresenting himself. And then I started to fall into the rabbit hole of um, what I thought was a lot of unfair dealings. And I just, my goal was to inform the public to tell people to watch out because I knew this was rampant. So I did not use any names. I did not use a single name of anybody with whom I talked. So we're, you know, we're legally on the up and up with it. But I described everything I did and I took exacting and copious notes. I did not answer a phone call until I was sitting down typing as I was talking. And I can, I'm a very fast typer. I don't miss a beat when I take notes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I find this so interesting, and I, I am 100% sure that the listeners will get something out of this story, knowing that you presented it as a personal column of what you went through, and you did it as sort of a consumer protection type of column. I I just think this is terrific because it's not often you get to share your own story and people can really relate to that. Don't you you think that's sort of what happened with this too?
2: I had a tremendous amount of feedback from that. Um, Just tremendous. And the investigator, the government investigators who were looking in on this told me that um, because of what I just explained to you, The format, which we did it, my column was able to teach people in a much stronger way than any like official, um, you know, court results or Mm -hmm. on the record newspaper article, unless it went through extremely unusual lengths would have been able to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what did you end up finding and who do you feel it may have helped the most? Are Are you satisfied with what you found?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with it. I I found on a couple of levels. Um, The guy who goes around claiming to buy houses cash. I I actually did a lot of background reports on everybody involved with this. That guy lives with his mom. He does not own a stick of property. Oh dear. (laughs) He says he buys houses cash and he presents himself as if he does. But what really happened is I texted him and he replied immediately. I'm not in the market right now, but I can introduce you to my friend. And I did not authorize him to send my number to a a wide range of people, but he sent my number to seven different people and my name and that I have a house to sell, which is spreading my private business around. I happen to know about half of them. Um, One of them, someone I wouldn't want to have my Home phone number. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So I initially turned him into the state real estate commission, um, for acting in a way that I saw as acting in a manner that would require a real estate agent. He's not disclosing his agency. Who's paying him? How, what is getting out of this? So there's that part that he was acting unethically. Um, and another part that he's presenting a whole fake facade to the entire community. Well, then I got into another level of it, which was a company that does a, um, the assignment of rights. Okay. So okay. I, I suspect one of the people he turned me on to was this group that um, they're big time or they're getting to be big time bulk players. They go in and they say they buy a house cash and they get the person to sell the house for a very low price. Mm. The person thinks that this group is buying the house, but they're actually not buying the house. Mm-hmm. This group is finding a third-party buyer. Uh, I think it's easier to explain it. Let's say, um, let's say I have a house that has a fair value of sixty thousand dollars. I could sell it for sixty thousand dollars, and if I sit, paid a real estate agent, then between paying the real estate agent and my costs, closing costs, I might get fifty-five thousand dollars out of it. This company would tell me that they'll buy it for twenty-five thousand. Well, then I think I'm paying 20. I think I'm getting 25. I think they're paying 25, but they're not really going to buy my house. They're going to find another buyer who will pay 52 or $55,000. Then they're going to keep that $30,000 profit for themselves. Yeah. So if I'm a homeowner, I'm trying to avoid paying a real estate agent, a 6% commission, which would be $3,600. Mm-hmm. And instead I'm using a a company with deceitful marketing tactics that does the same thing a real estate agent does. It finds someone else to buy the house, but they keep, you know, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 profit instead of a fair 6% commission. That's what's happening all over this community and people aren't realizing it. And that this is what I was trying to get to the bottom of. And I did kind of get some of that, oh, I filled in a lot of the blanks and explained that in my article that that's what, in my column, that that's what happens.
1: How did this help any of the officials, city officials, um, anybody uh, legally? Was there any recourse that anybody could take, or did this just sort of end up being that, hey, consumers, pay attention?
2: These guys, different ones of them, were being investigated.
1: Okay.
2: I, I happened to find that out by talking with some mutual friends, and and we're all very careful about not, you know, we're respectful of of not busting anybody's confidence. But eventually, we made the connection. You know, I knew someone in the government was investigating, and and I just said, let them talk to me. And the person in the government was circumspect. You know, and I said, I don't need to know what you're doing, but I want you to know what I'm doing. If you can use this information in your investigation, please use it. And I did. I took excellent notes. I transcribed phone calls in perfect detail, and I passed it on to the person I knew to be investigating it. And she said, actually, I provided the missing link, you know, something that they didn't know how it was done. I provided it. From my aspect, what I wanted was a, co- a copy of the contracts just to help my understanding. I didn't get that, but she was able to get that from a different source. So like, that's the bottom line. We want this information out between her and me. We we both got in a package deal. So the investigation is going on. Um, they think that they can get them on some minor infractions of some licensing laws and maybe tax deals. But the government officials basically said that because what can be done is so limited, um, they felt that this column really let the public know what they needed to watch out for.
1: It's an entertaining read as well. I mean, you made it fun, but yet the information um, for people that don't know much or anything about this kind of scam, it's it's there. And it's really important for people to know this. I know um, across the country, things like this are happening. And I'm happy to hear that there is possibly something where I can say what comes next after your column it sounds like there's possibly going to be something that happens
2: well we're definitely you know following through and and when and if there is more information then we will do the proper news article on it um you know the court reporter would do his news article on it we would not link it we would not say hey that's what holly was writing about back in the spring um but uh, you know people should realize there's a whole lot more depth to things.
1: Well, let me ask you, speaking of depth, how long did this take for you to work on this and get it to a point where you were ready to share it in a column? I I always find this an interesting question because I think it's a lot longer than many people realize.
2: Yeah, it was probably about two months, but the thing was I kept getting excited over little pieces of information I was getting and I kept wanting to do it, you know? (laughs) But I had to be patient because there could be more information I could get. And obviously, as soon as I published it, I would lose the advantage because they were treating me like I was some ignorant old hick, you know? Oh, wow. And once it came in the paper and they realized that I'm not as stupid as I look, then I wouldn't get any, they wouldn't accidentally tell me some of the things they've been telling me. So I had to wait out until there was, I had wrung every last bit of usefulness. In fact... I waited. uh, I was in touch with the the government officials. And usually there's a hard line there between the media and the government officials, but I was a consumer. And I I told them, you know, I'd like to write about this. It would be a column. It's not a news story. And I want to warn people, but I do not want to jeopardize your investigation. And normally, a newspaper um, would never share an article before a publication with anybody, but my point was consumer protection. I didn't want to mess up their investigation. I wanted to offer my perspective to them in terms of um, whatever evidence I could provide them. So I waited until they gave me the green light before I printed it. And I said that in the column, mm-hmm. You know, I said, I I, sh- I let the investigators know and they told me it was okay to tell it now.
1: Holly, anything you want to add to this? This has just been a fascinating conversation. Thank you. Well,
2: thank you. I think you know the bottom line is mm-hmm. be be very careful and ask for solid recommendations. Yeah. You know, I mean, when it comes specifically to real estate, real estate is a very extremely highly regulated field mm-hmm. and practice, and and it's that for a reason. This is the biggest investment of most people's lives. You've got tens and tens and tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. And you need all the protection that you can get. And don't be swayed when you hear thousands of dollars because you could be entitled to many, many, many more thousands of dollars. Right. And you know, there's a reason that they're for proper channels. It's because they protect those involved.
1: Holly, thank you for your column. And for sharing, I mean, this this is an incredible service you have done for both community members, but also for others all across the country who will get a chance to listen to this. So Holly, thank you again.
2: Well, thank you very much for your interest. I appreciate it and enjoy your podcast. You definitely let people know what's going on out there and um, get a good delve into the issues. And that's very important.
1: Thank you, Holly. All right, thank you.
0: Just to reiterate, Holly never intended to sell her home, and she feels the whole purpose of her column is to protect the public. She plans to continue monitoring if anyone involved with We Buy Houses cash ends up facing civil or criminal charges, and you can find a link to her original column as well as any other follow-up articles in our show notes. If you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism and support whichever newspaper serves your community. I'm Chris Lay, and for Terry Barr and myself, we thank you so much for listening to our Behind the Headlines podcast from Lee Enterprises.